Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock and this is the Inner Edge podcast where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hi there. As I record this, it is uh, the day after a very special uh, event that I held for clients and people who actually listen to this podcast. Um, So it was a really, really um, special event, unexpectedly special because it was great to meet people in person um, and also just to connect with people again. It's just nothing like you know, where you a physical meet up with people, it was done in the right context. And this just kind of worked. What it was, was, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, I suppose, how, how, it, how it came about. And originally it was, it was a play, but it was a recording of a play that I wrote a few years ago. And actually we put it on as a production with a professional team about nine years ago, as I'm recording today, it's 2023. So that was back in 2014 when it came to life uh, in several theatres in Ireland because we took it on tour with a professional cast, professional team. Really great project. It's called The Waiting Room. So a couple of people had convinced me they hadn't seen the play and they convinced me to um, screen it. So what I did was I heard a cinema screen in the fantastic Lighthouse Cinema, which is an independent cinema in the middle of Dublin. If you've never been at it, it's well worth a visit. Really, really cool building. Great people there. And uh, we had it. We watched the show and then afterwards we had a couple of drinks and, and a catch-up, and it was really fantastic. And the inspiration, and I might do a couple of episodes because <laughs> I, I kind of got inspired or re-inspired by the play myself and also reminded of things that I'd forgotten about the play, um, even though I'm the one who wrote it. Uh, and so the inspiration for the title, Let's Stop Faffing Around, came from one of the characters dialogue talking to another character where he just says hey you know stop faffing around and the other character says what what's faffing and the guy explains oh faffing is something my mother would say a lot it just means like stop wasting time doing you're, you're busy but you're you're wasting time avoiding what you should be doing the important stuff so out of curiosity i just looked up the definition of faff f-a-f-f in the dictionary and what it says is it's a verb and it gives an example of spend time in ineffectual activities, the definition. An example is we can't faff around forever. So spend time in ineffectual activity, i.e., in my words, that would be spend time doing stuff that really isn't what matters most. And one of the major themes in the play, The Waiting Room, which is a comedy really um, at its core, a bit of drama, one of the themes is that it's life, that life is short and it's precious. And it's up to us, you and me, for us to make a cant. And so in the context of what we're talking about here on the inner edge, I really want to maybe challenge you a little bit today to, to dig out the important inside you and to engage it. So with the play, um, there's a character, the central character is called Mick. And I'm not giving... I'm not giving a massive amount away here because, you know, we might screen it again if there's enough interest, actually, um, because I was kind of surprised. I, I, I was surprised at the level of interest and how much people enjoyed it. 
and also how good the quality of the recording was, which was the key bit, really, I think, as well. But the central character, Mick, he gets to the end of his life before expected, and he's kind of made to realize that he had wasted his life. He hadn't lived true to his purpose, probably wasn't really clear about his purpose, and he'd been off doing things that didn't really matter, and now he had to face that. And I guess the play for me is very much in line, I guess, with the core purpose inside my own work, which is very much that in terms of making your life count and squeezing the most out of life, but also making an impact and also bringing your potential to the fore. Now, the backstory on the play, you know, I'm somebody who helps people get stuff done, I guess. Often, sometimes, you know, I help people take on the impossible. That's probably my favorite. You know, what's impossible and let's go for it. And I just, I, I always get a great buzz out of seeing that happen. Um, but just so you're clear about reality check on Shane, Shane is human, <laughs> I think. Um, but I, I procrastinated on that play for about six, seven years. Now, after I got the idea, so I got the idea and started to play around with it. And I kind of just delayed and delayed and delayed. Now, sometimes, as, so, as an experienced writer said to me before, Shane, when, when an idea has its time, when you're ready to write, you will write. Um, and that is true in my experience. But I definitely delayed this. And I definitely delayed it because I kept on doing this. When I have more time, then I will do that. But the trick with that is that you never really have more time. You have to make time. And that was what I learned. But what I also learned was that I was definitely avoiding it for a variety of different reasons. I was faffing, just like the character. But then a friend of mine, I, I'd occasionally talk about it, and a friend of mine asked me about it and say, hey, what's going on with that play, the one you were talking about? Because I, I, I would occasionally just, you know, take, it, take out my notebook that had the ideas, and I'd start jotting things down, expanding the characters. And I'd often just spend time playing around with it. But they asked me about it, and I said, oh, no, I don't want to talk about it. No, 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 no. They, they persisted and said, tell me about it. So I said, I'm just too busy, too much going on. It just never seems to be the right time. And then they said to me, what would you say to a client? Which <laughs> is the question to ask me. Because I'd say, hey, it was that important. Let's engage. Let's bring it out. Take it out of the darkness. Bring it into the light and let's go. And I looked at it and went, okay. I'd probably say, look, set a deadline. And she said, what's the deadline? I said, well, pool. I uh, don't know, maybe, and I started faffing. I went, okay, hang on, six months' time. And so I went for it. And probably at that time was the busiest time of my life. I mean, it was, we had two young kids, myself and Judy. The business was kind of growing, and there was lots going on. And I didn't get the time, but I made the time. I mean, I just got up earlier. Sometimes I worked later. I would ride on planes. I would ride on trains. Um, I'd even dictate at times if I was walking or sometimes driving. And... I got 80% of the script done by the end of that year, within the six months. It took me another three, three months to finish it off. And then from there, it was about, okay, uh, how do we get it made? And that's a whole different story, which I might talk about in a different podcast, because that was the journey and a great story in itself. But we got it made. And we got it made with a, provo a professional team of actors, a uh, professional director, lighting, stagecraft, all that kind of stuff. So it and it did, it did well for what it was, and we achieved all of our goals. But there was a lot of um, fear before bringing that to life, and even during. Because at the core of it, I was afraid of what people would think about me. Because um, I ended up actually, probably reluctantly initially, telling my clients about it 
and been surprised at how supportive they were. And it made me realize something about myself, my own inner world, my own inner game, was that the, I was really afraid of what people would think, and that was causing inner interference. And I had to learn how to get around that part of me. That was incredibly valuable because it became valuable for other areas of my life, and particularly in my work, that this was an unconscious blind spot. And the project itself, bringing that out into my life, is one of the greatest gifts that I gave myself. And so much of my own expression and what I would call my own inner music came out of me in that project. And it wasn't easy. It was, there was many challenges. And as I say, it's a story in itself. And I was reminded of it last night as we, as we sat in the darkness in that cinema in Dublin City in the lighthouse, just looking at the screen. And they all just came back to me some of the memories, the challenges, the fun. Um, and I'm reminded of a quote by Henry David Thoreau. As you know, I, I collect quotes for a hobby and I put them in my book, Inspire Me. But the, this quote in particular is very profound. The mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. And I think that that is true. And if you're listening to this, I wonder, can you relate? I'm guessing you probably can. Maybe you're somebody who is in quiet desperation, or maybe you're somebody who's come out of it. Because now is the time, I think, if you're listening to this, to even consider stepping more, finding more of that music inside. And speaking of the word music, Wayne Dyer, there's a quote attributed to him. I don't know if he originated it, but I'll give it to him for the moment. And um, was, don't die with the music inside you, with the music still in you. Don't die with the music still in you. That's a very powerful line. And too many people do die with the music still inside them. I mean, how tragic is that? And I guess that was what I was trying to get across through a story in the play, because I guess from my own past, uh, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know I, I had a very severe bout of depression, which nearly took me out in my mid-20s. But when I came out of that, I wasn't the same person. I came out of it with a very strong determination to take my music inside out. And that's been tough, but it's been, it's been fantastic. And I'm still looking to bring more music out because I think it's a game you never stop playing. I'm always finding more music and saying, okay, well, is this something we're going to, is this something we're going to do? And I, and I know in my own work that a lot of people don't do that. Maybe that's why I end up seeing them or working with them in, in workshops or whatever. And after the screening last night, one of the people who was there uh, told me a story about a relation of theirs who was seen as successful by m many people in their field. And they woke up one day, I think he said that they were about 62, 63, and kind of turned around to their wife and said, I've wasted my life. And that to me was probably the most tragic uh, thing that could happen in a life. And I know it's more common than not, but I would encourage you today to perhaps have a little think about yourself even if you're thinking no no i'm fine i've got my music it's all out there good but maybe there's more or like what music is still inside you it could be a book it could be a play it could be a poem it could be nothing to do with writing it might be taking a class in something secretly you have this inner desire or instinct or intuition i should i should i should take this class or i should go in that direction or i should explore something maybe it's starting a, biz a business Maybe it's ending a business. Maybe it could be leaving a job or leaving a business. 
um, or could be leaving a relationship, or maybe it's about making a step in starting a relationship. They're all, to me, different ways of expressing the music inside. And I wonder what's your mind when even you're reflecting on that question. Watch what your inner voice is saying. Was it doing what my inner voice was saying, which was, I haven't got enough time, or now's not the right time? Or like, what excuse might you be accepting that's blocking the sound of that music coming out? And a better question after that is, what if you didn't accept those excuses? What if you just pulled one thing out and said, okay, do you know what? For the rest of this year or the next 12 months or whatever you decide, even if it's just a month, I am going to engage and bring this out, even if it scares the crap out of me, I'm going to engage with this and really start to give it some attention. Give yourself the gift of playing that inner music. Bottom line, what I'm saying today is that your life is way too important to allow what matters least get in the way of what matters most. And what matters most is not letting the music stay inside you. That's it for this week. Ciao for now.